My guy, the man, magnificent. I want y'all to give a round of applause for my boy, Sir Tech, with the dollar sign. You feel me? The dollar sign. How everybody doing? Um, so go ahead, really, uh, Tech, if you want to just go ahead and give a, you know, background on yourself and, you know, the Burn Street execs and everything and how you want to explain it to the people. Um, I'm Tech. I'm a call of Street Execs Management which is pretty much a boutique artist management uh, company. We manage chains. Well, let me back up. We're responsible for the careers of Travis Porter, Two Chains, Young Dolph, Bankroll Fresh, and we currently have four developing acts. Schooly, who I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with, Sleepy Rose, Hot Locked In, and Wild. I think that's it in a nutshell. Okay. Um, so how, how how did you um start Street Execs? Like how did it come about? My background is really DJing. Um I started I was a DJ before anything. I always loved music. I started DJing at 16. I did clubs, mixtapes. Um, I think the first artist that I really, really put my hands on to try to break and grow was Gorilla Zoe, if anybody remembers him. Uh legendary. Uh, so that was really like the first time that I really like got to play in a role of breaking an artist. Uh, and there was a whole bunch of other artists after that in Atlanta that I had a part to do with it, but I wasn't really managing them. Uh, and then one day I was on YouTube and I ran over uh, across a video for, uh, it was a, like a vlog with Travis Porter and they were just clowning. And I was like, I really like these kids. You know what I'm saying? And the next out. week, Young Dro said something funny about like, was, I don't know if it was a diss, but it was kind of like put attention on them. Uh, I started, you know, I, I, I seek them out pretty much. And those were like the first people that I really started managing and building a brand with. And that was a hell of a time. I think there's still out of all my years of being on the road, there was nothing like Travis Porter. That they were way ahead of their time. Right. They were way ahead of their time. They were monsters. Like, if the internet was what it was, if the social media was what it was today, then, I think it would have been much, much bigger, Definitely. you know. I'm gonna definitely go into the uh, the question form right now. Um, I definitely have a, well, I don't have a question. We always start with that. I have a question, it's crowd control. So everybody in the crowd is answering, um, asking a question. So YM has been all over this list. <laughs> His question is, um, what is the toughest part um, of being an artist manager, like on being an artist manager? What is it tough? That's a good question. YM, you doing it, man? <laughs> That's a good question. Oh, that was yours? That was a good one. Uh, I think when it's time to break tough news, I think that's 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 the hardest part, you know, because you have highs, and then when those lows come, and you really got to be honest and not be a yes man and tell them, you know, shit ain't going how it's supposed to be going right now, I think that's always the toughest time. Because fame and money creates this um, 
fake illusion. And it takes, you have to be a very grounded person to understand. Really, as a manager, you got to see so far ahead because something might not be going right at the moment, but you're still selling out dates. So you got to be able to forecast 12 months ahead. So I got to be able to see next year and say, we got to change this now or you're not going to be able to see what you're seeing now next year. And it's really hard to explain that to somebody who every night is going in front of a sold out crowd and they're recording and they're screaming, but all that changes in two months. You know what I'm saying? You gotta be able to see so far ahead. So that's always the toughest part is really like giving that real, get it together or it's not gonna be the same and getting them to understand it. Like how you prepare yourself to just break the news on the light there, like um, God. I don't know. I don't want to say I don't know though. I hate saying that, but uh, it's just part of the business. I think management is one of those things that you—it's re- not a job. Like you gotta love what you're doing. If you don't love management, it's not for you, because it's a marriage. To me, you're married to your client. If they call you at 3 a.m. You're going to answer that phone. You're going to do what needs to be done. And that's going to happen damn near every day. You know what I'm saying? They're going to call you at 4 a.m. and say, shit, I need studio time. And I forgot to add, too, we also have a new client trouble. You know what I'm saying? Like, he'll call me at 2 a.m. coming from a show in Valdosta and be like, I need a show. I need a studio. Book me a studio. So you got to be, it's a marriage. You got to be ready to happily deal with it and not be like, ah, man, you, you bothering me. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just part of the game. Got you. Um, this question is from Keyshawn. Keyshawn, you out there? Keyshawn is right there. What's up? What am I, guy? Um, I know y'all got a lot of acts. I know you got a lot of acts on street execs. So it, it's, it's we. we. It ain't just me. It's we. The team. I got there you. you. Go. And he wants to know what, like, when you're, I guess, searching for an artist, what makes an artist stand out to you? You know, I get that question a lot, and it's really hard to explain it. But I could look at somebody and know you got what it takes or you ain't got what it takes. It's just, I tell people my talent is picking out stars. Like, I just have a thing about I could look at somebody and be like, he ain't got it or he got it. And I'm, I haven't missed yet just by looking at them, but to explain it in a better way, it's certain things you're looking for. Work ethic, obviously talent, but talent is like 20, 30% of what you need to make it. You gotta have that work ethic. You gotta be work harder than everybody else. You also got, to me, you got to be a good person too. You can't be like, you know what I'm saying? Like blessings comes to those, you know, whatever. I'm a big believer in energy. What you put out is what you get, you know, what you get back. So I feel you got to be a good person, but work ethic, the talent, the dedication, you got to want it more than anybody else. And it's real easy to see people like, a lot of people want to be stars, but they're not willing to do what it takes to be a star. Did I answer that for you? Our next question is from Maya. Maya, you in the building? Maya is Rosa. Maya, how you doing? What's up, Maya? And she has a question. It says, what are 
the biggest goal you set for yourself? Some of the biggest goals you set for yourself. That's a good one. They change so much though. Um, my foundation is happiness. So I set all my goals. It's like, it's, it's a level of happiness I'm trying to achieve. Ownership is really big for me. I don't like being told what to do. I don't ever want to put my clients in a position where they're running on a treadmill. So when to, to say that, I'm trying to say that to explain like running on a treadmill is being in the same cycle of the music industry of getting an advance and you're waiting for your next advance that you're on a treadmill. So for me, ownership is a big part of my business structure. Um, Cause I know a lot of people who on the outside looking in, it looks amazing. But when it's all said and done, when the sun sets, what do you have? What can you say is yours? What can you say I own this? A lot of people can't say they own their music. You know, the record label owns the music. So for me, happiness is ownership. It's about being able to wake up every morning and say, I can drive my car. I'm in control of my destiny. You know what I'm saying? I'm not being told what to do, when to do, how to do it. You got to put out an album. It's when I want to do, when I feel right, when I'm happy about it. So for me, it's happiness. That's like my biggest goal. Okay. Um, I don't know who name is this. I don't who who put I get money as they name? Okay, then money getter. That's Imani. What's your name? There. That's Imani back there. And her question is, what what makes a good manager? She actually asked her, what makes a good manager? Um, what makes you want to manage the art? I think we kind of went over there just a little bit. And do they need to have clout? Quote unquote clout. Who the manager? The artist. Do they need to have clout? No. Everybody I ever managed in my career started from ground zero. Started from literally no followers, no buzz, no nothing. That's my thing. I'm not into, I have a thing about building brands. So I don't really chase clout, no. But what was, what was the first part of the question? The first one, well, what makes a good manager? What makes a good manager? Dedication, integrity, passion, and always finding a solution. Everything got a solution. Nothing is ever too difficult to achieve. You know, if your client says, I want to go to the moon, you better figure out how we get into the moon. You can't say we ain't going to the moon or we can't go to the moon. We're going to figure out how to get to the moon. Definitely. I like that. We got to get there. Armando. Are you fucking with it? I'm rocking with it. Mondo. That's my boy right here. My boy got the Martell. Your name Mondo? You know Mondo? The other Mondo, the producer? You fine. Might want to change your name. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, his Mondo question was: How do you maintain? How do you maintain consistent balance between your music and 
fashion business. Expound more on that question. What do you mean? Right. Um, got you. Well, music and fashion to me are one and the same to some extent. You know, they go hand in hand. Um, CEO is no longer a brand, um, but it was it wasn't really intended to be a clothing brand. It was more of a lifestyle piece. So it was going into something else. So say that for another day. Uh, but music and fashion go hand in hand. I think I all if I try to expand, I always try to expand the things that are organic to what we're doing. I'm not trying to do something that ain't true to us as a brand, as people, as even for my clients. I don't do deals that don't that are not organic. So if a client doesn't drink alcohol, I'm not going to do no liquor deal with them. You know what I'm saying? Regardless of what the dollar amount is, because it's they're not going to be able to sell it. It's going to be a failure. And so music and fashion, it, fashion is an extension of music. Sports is an extension of music. Like when you look at it, you watch sports, right? All the athletes, what are they doing when they're walking into the arena? You know what I'm saying? They want to be rappers. Rappers want to be athletes. You know what I'm saying? So it's like they're going hand in hand. So it's it's not really rocket science. It's just like we as a culture, we define fashion. Whatever we say is cool that we're going to wear today is what is going to be the trend. So for me, it's kind of like you don't have to overthink it. It's just, is it true to you? If it ain't true to you, don't fuck with it. That's my opinion. That's real. That's real. Next question is from... Yeah, true. Yeah, true. That's you? Where you at, bro? You in the back? What's up with it, bro? I, I like this. This one says, um, what is the process of marketing? I'm going to say, you put your, I'm going to say the brand, your brand over social media to target your audience, your crowd. What is your process of marketing your brand over social media to target your, target the crowd? Um, Marketing is lifestyle, man, to me. It's not like, which is why I only work with artists that I really love or I'm a fan of or, because to me, marketing is, it's not really a job. It's kind of like, if I love it, I know how to sell it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's, it's my life. So for me, I find it really hard when like, for example, record labels and marketing departments, if you really look at them, they're not effective because they don't know what they're selling. They're not there with the artists day to day. It's like marketing to me is I'm living it, so I'm I'm selling you my lifestyle. So for me, marketing is lifestyle. Whatever we're doing right now, that's what I'm putting on social media. That's I'm selling you my lifestyle, and you're going to buy into it, then buy into the music, then buy into the merchandise, and then into the tour tickets if you like what you see. You know, everything ain't for everybody, but like they said, it's an ass for every seat. So it's lifestyle. That's what marketing is to me. My uh, my boy, Tay Mitch. Where you at, Mitch? Where you at? Tay Mitch in the back got a great question, and it says... You produce? It sounds like Tay Mitch on a beat. That sound, boy, produce everything. His question is... 
What would you say are the appropriate steps when having an artist who creates amazing music? However, what would you say are the appropriate steps when having an amazing artist that creates music, but however, doesn't have the image to withstand the career slash legacy his music can possibly have? One more time. <laughs> it's, it's, it's everywhere. I got a key. Slam says, what are the, what? What would you say are the appropriate steps when having an artist who creates amazing music, however, doesn't have the image to withstand the career his music can possibly have? I think I'm following what you're saying. You're saying if a nigga make music like Outkast but don't look like Andre 3000, is that what you're That's asking? That's what I'm getting okay. from it. So what about it? Okay, let me ask you this. You seen the old picture of Michael Jackson? What he looked like? Did he have the Michael Jackson image in your opinion? Okay, okay, let's come to modern times. You seen the old picture of Beyonce? <laughs> Do you agree? It's still the same Beyonce today? She was a little dusty? Huh? Is she a little thin? Oh, oh she won't think. I'm really asking that to say. Beyonce been fired though. Huh? Beyonce been fired. I don't know. I, I, everything is relative. Uh, I'm really asking that to say. Some things come with time. Boom. It comes with time. They got to develop into who they want to be. And if they're really being themselves, you ain't got to worry about what their image is. Because when you really think about it, Andre 3000, as we know him later on, as out, you know, in the late end of Outcast or whatever, his image did not really match what he was doing, but he developed into that and we bought into it. So I don't think image is something like, it's development, it eventually catches up. Like it, you, nobody starts off looking like Beyonce today. Even Beyonce didn't start off looking like Beyonce today. She was a little dusty. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Nah, I got you. Uh, What'd you say? What'd you say? I ain't worried about him. <laughs> My boy Chris Taylor, you in the building? Where you at, Chris? My boy Chris. Um, his question is, um, starting off, what were some things you wish you were new? Well, actually, what are some things you wish you knew differently when you started your career until now? Say that right. That would be it, yeah. Um, is that the same as what regrets do I have? I think everything that I wish I knew 10 years ago, I really can't say I wish I knew 10 years ago because it came with experience. You know what I'm saying? But 
I really tried my best to educate myself on the business rather than just be going through the motions of whatever's happening. So I always surrounded myself with brilliant lawyers and people who knew the business rather than just being, you know, a lot of people are embarrassed. Like you might not know something. My daddy always used to say, not knowing doesn't make you a fool. Like ask a question. So I always surrounded him. I paid people around me, which is really entertainment lawyers who could answer the questions that I had. But a lot of things that I didn't know, you couldn't buy them. It was experiences over time. So I really don't have anything I can generally sit here and say, I wish I knew it for myself. But that don't mean it's going to be the same thing for you. Definitely. Uh, Maya, Maya Staten. What's up, Maya? How are you again? Um, her question, I like it. How did you learn to embrace risk-taking in your career? How did I learn to embrace risk-taking? I don't think I ever learned how to embrace it. I just was a risk-taker all my life. Um, came to America with $80. You know what I'm saying? I moved to Atlanta with $270. I always took risk in my life, so and I still do. I feel if you can't take I think that's something that's in you. It's not something that can be taught. And if you're not willing to be a risk taker, I don't think this is the game for you. Like, this is a game of gambling. Like, you got to take calculated risks. You know, not just completely just throw the dice, but you got at some point, you're going to have to be like, shit, I might lose everything doing this. I've done that plenty of times. And I think for me, I think the biggest thing is I'm not scared to start at zero again. That's always my, like, I'm not scared to lose it all and start over. I just believe in myself. So you scared of taking risks? I just... I, I, I just, it's always been me. So I don't have like a playbook for it, but I know you definitely got to risk. Like there's times to play it safe, yeah, but it's a lot of times when you got to be like, shit, I'm a bet on myself. And because honestly, as a manager, most artists are looking at you for guidance. And if you don't offer that guidance, they're going to move on to somebody else who's going to offer that guidance. So you got to be, the one with the vision to really be like, we're going to do this, 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 and then that. And they're going to look at you like, you think we can do it? And, and then you got to deliver everything you said. So all that is a risk, you know what I'm saying? But just shoot, roll the dice. Just make it calculated. Well, I am got another um, question on here. His question is, how do you deal with certain artists having big egos and attitudes? I don't. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not with the... My artist, hold on, who asked that question? Oh, I am. Oh, I am, man. I think he stepped out real quick. Um, for me and my clients, I don't deal with it. Like, we got to have a super plain relationship where I could tell you what I think, how I feel, and you could do the same. If I feel like you're out of line, I got to tell you out of line. Like, I can't deal with a whole ego, or I got money. I really don't care. Like, that's if we can't, and I've had clients that we just could not see eye to eye at that moment, 
and I had to walk away. Like, I will walk away. I have no problem with it. Because I feel like, generally, like, you got to treat people with respect. It don't matter who it is. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's you, you know what I'm saying? You, whether it's the janitor, the security, you got to treat people with respect. So I, just, I, I don't deal with that, me personally. Definitely. I think, I'm sorry to cut no, you wait, off, but wait, I, I think that goes back to not being scared to lose everything. Like, I'm not going to hold on to a client because we're making money. If I don't agree with something, I'm going to let it go. That's just me. And I'm going to go find somebody else. That's real. That's real. My boy Rock. What's up, Rock? Rock in the building. His question is, in the music, in the music industry, what kind of things should I, should I avoid with pushing a new artist? Burning bridges. Relationships is everything. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure you heard relationships are worth more than money. Right? That's a fact. Like, me knowing you is going to go way further than me paying you. So relationships are everything. You don't want to burn no bridges. You don't want to, you know what I'm saying, rub. I mean, don't get me wrong now. It's some bridges you will burn, but it's not something you want to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, at some point, yeah, you a man. You got integrity. You stand up. Like, you're not going to suck no whatever. But relationships is everything. This business, you don't want to burn no bridges. You know what I'm saying? You want to be able to, I can move artists in Atlanta, really nationwide in so many cities without spending a dollar just off of people I know, relationships that I've had 10 years plus. So a big part of it is the worst thing you want to do is burn the bridge because you're going to have to, if you want to be in this business for a long time, you're going to have to keep crossing that bridge because when you really think about it, What's the lifespan of a rapper, of an average rapper? Damn. <laughs> Who says six months? You ain't fucking with rappers, huh? It's about two, three years. And two, three years ain't no time. Like, that's the average. Like, just think about it. You can count how many rappers came out of Atlanta that have had a five to ten year run. I mean, once you have a hit record, the clock is ticking. Your time is up. Once you have a hit record, you got to think, what's my next record? But a lot of people get caught up in, I got a hit record. By the time you start thinking about what's my next record, it's too late. Then you put out a record and nobody cares, which is goes back to what I was saying about a manager being able to see a year, two years ahead. Because once you have that hit record, the clock starts ticking. Your time is up. What you going to do next? You got to be thinking about what's my next record. But a lot of people get caught up in the phone ringing, money's coming in. We're going to pick up all the money. Sometimes you got to turn down some of those dates and go to the studio and work on your next record. And that's the advice for out there coming with that hit record. Like, you got to just get right back to it. You got to get right back right to back. it. But what I was really trying to get at was uh, the lifespan of a rapper is two to three years. So if you don't have, if you don't keep these relationships, what you going to do with your next client? 
if you burn your bridges, ain't nobody gonna fuck with you on the next client. Gonna be like, man, fuck that nigga. He think he better than us. So relationships is everything. Talk about like how important those relationships are, like the people that you have been across and met, and what how how the relationship can be beneficial. Like, uh, um, I'm gonna use Cam as an example since he's here. I don't speak on panels. I'm scared of public speaking, like in front of people. Like I'm sweating, right? I'm hot as fuck. <laughs> it ain't this jacket is being in front of people. Like that's not my thing. But Cam called me, and that's a relationship that I cherish, that I always want to have. I'm gonna do it for him. I'm gonna go out of my way, out of my element, and I'm gonna do it for Cam, just because I know that's a relationship I need to keep. And not on no fake shit. That's a relationship I respect. That's a relationship that I want to have. 10 years from now. So I'm going to go out of my way to do that for him. And I would hope that you would do the same for me, by the way. <laughs> Just so Boy, you know. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So when I put my panel together, I'm going to call you. So um, I just went off. I just lost my nah, train you of good, thought. you good. That, what, that was, what did you ask? That was, I was just talking about how important the relationships are. And you yeah, so that's the perfect example. It's like, like, I'm not about to be done doing this anytime soon. My, back to your question about goals, I know when I want to exit this business. Maybe another 10 years I want to exit. I don't want to be in this business forever. So I know I'm going to be around for at least another 10 years. I got to keep people like Cam fucking with me. I got to keep the DJs fucking with me. I got to keep the radio station happy with me. I got to keep whoever I do business with happy with me. Now, if you do me wrong, that's a different story. You know, I could deal with that myself. But I know the avenues that I need to channel, everything that I have, especially now in my career where I'm doing a resurgence of street execs, a rebranding and a and a whole new roster of acts. It's like if I didn't have those relationships, nothing would move. And just to expound more on your question, I got four new clients, right? Last night, they went to Gold Room. I wasn't there. You know, Future and Lil Baby had the after party at Gold Room. But I could get on my phone and text. I know who's there that I have relationships with. I could text them and say, hey, I got my crew coming through. Can you make sure they're straight? And they're going to play their music, and they're going to make them look like they're doing something. That's the power of relationships. If I didn't have those relationships, they'll go in there trying to get in, trying to get a table, hoping to get their music played. That's the power of relationships. That's why I cherish relationships. Like, And if I meet somebody who would rather take the money, I ain't got no problem giving you the money, but I know we're not on the same wavelength. That's real. That's 100. That's real. Jada. You in the building. What's up, Jada? I see you back there. Stay What's up, Jada? You want some Martell? <laughs> she already had some. You got one next to you, don't you? All right. Her uh her question is, what influenced you to keep going when it gets tough? As it get difficult in your career. Um, I'm competitive. I actually enjoy the downs more than the ups. Because fighting your way back is always, getting hot is easy. Let me put it that way. 
getting hot and being the hottest new thing, that's easy. Staying there is the challenge. So I'm always up for a challenge. Like, that's what really drives me. It's not being the hottest. I don't really get shit out of that. I get excitement out of the challenge of people counting you out or saying, oh, you done. You know what I'm saying? So that's my thing. Did that answer your question? Safir. Oh, there, oh, that's your boy right oh, there. Now you got a question. Ah, got him. His question is, what are your two greatest mistakes that turn into well-taught lessons? Shit. Well-taught lessons. Well, one was not pulling out. I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good question. I got to think. Can we come back to that one? I, I got to think about that one. That's that's a really strong question. All right, we we'll come back. I, I know I've had some mistakes. I just can't think about them right now. But that's a great question. Um, Energy. Energy's in the building. That's your name? Like your real name? Okay, that's amazing. I love it. Is producing content more valuable than quality music? Hmm. No. It all starts with music. But this is just my opinion, by the way. But I think I'm right. I don't think so. I think you can't package a turd and call it a gift. You know, it's still a turd. But I don't want to downplay content in today's game. Like, it's a big part of it. It's a really big part of it. Sean. Why did you ask that question? You think you think some people package the content better than the music? How did you come to that conclusion? Where did you see that is what I'm asking. Give me an example. Put a name on it. Oh. Spicy. Huh? Okay, I see what you're saying. Well, I understand why people say that. Like, in my opinion, the music business is shifting into a subscription model. To me, music is going to be like Netflix. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I got to give you something to subscribe to. And I'm, part of it is music. But I'm giving you more than music. And I think Ryan Leslie was so far ahead of all of us, you know, like extremely far ahead. Or maybe he was the wrong messenger. But if like somebody like Beyonce took the, clearly a lot of people know about what I'm talking about when I say Ryan Leslie. If Beyonce took the Ryan Leslie model, she would be uber duper successful. Like music is moving into subscription. 
in my opinion, I feel like you should have an app, get your subscriptions. I'm gonna feed you my music through my subscription. I mean, through my app, my videos, me getting on live, anything that has to do with me, I'm gonna feed you through this app that you're subscribing for. And it's not even an expensive subscription. I see it as two ninety nine. I was just gonna say that <laughs> something that's real easy that you don't even forget to cancel. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just like I don't even want to cancel that. But music. That, anyway, I'm saying that to say people are moving into a subscription thing without even realizing they're moving into that, and that's why everybody is so content driven. But it's not the content; it's the subscription. That's the part that people are not connecting, right? But I feel like Ryan Leslie was like, ten years from now, we're gonna be like, Shit, this man was telling us we need, you know what I'm saying? But that's the move. What's up? I ain't seen that, so I can't speak on it. But Vince Staples is brilliant. I do know that. Like, from me meeting him and spending time with him, nigga is smart as fuck. I ain't see, I gotta go see that. So I can't really comment on it. That's the new wave. It's it's not signing the record deal. It's none of that. Create an app, create your following. Cause I can tell you, if you have 20,000 loyal subscribers, you're gonna make more money than a nigga with the biggest record on radio. Straight up. My boy Sean in the building. Sean. I see back there. This kind of kind of plays in a little bit of part of this, what we already talking about. But his question is, with the importance of bundling albums with merch, how important has art and creative direction become in the music industry? I think in the digital age, it's definitely become super important because uh, you don't have something tangible to hold on to anymore. So it's all visual, what you see. And the worst part about it is, you're looking at it this small on the phone. You know what I'm saying? So it don't matter how big you make it, you gotta always think, we gonna see it this big. Um, I think the bundling shit is a bunch of bullshit, but it's part of the game. Everybody wants to make their numbers look good, but I, I think we need to stop worrying about numbers. I also think the album cycle is trash. It's an old model that needs to be phased out. This goes back to exactly what you said. Subscription. That's, to me, is the future. Uh, it's a little difficult to get people to understand, though, especially your clients. If you're looking at me like, why you ain't doing it? Because I can't get my clients to grasp that concept yet. But I believe it's the future. So to answer your question, which was what? What was it? Uh, it was how important was the art, creative direction, and art in the music industry. Uh, I think it's definitely important just because uh, if I'm putting out an album, the first thing that you're going to do is see it, not hear it. So you, I got to visually pull you in to make you want to listen to it. So it definitely plays a big role. Uh, and I think Kanye showed us it's not a, it ain't got to be pretty. You might not even have no artwork. Really, like what album was that? 
Jesus, they ain't have no artwork. It, it did, but it didn't. So that was a clear CD, but it's like really the key is to get me to talk about it so I could tell him, hey, you seen that Kanye with no, you know what I'm saying? And he going to tell her, you seen that Kanye with no, and we going to, like, there's no more powerful marketing thing than word of mouth. You can't buy that. If I could get you to talk about it and him and her and her, it's, it's way more effective than me running ads that all four of you going to see that you're just going to scroll past. I'm going to go with my boy, um, my boy Garfield, GLP in the building. His question is, how did you make the transition as a manager when you started in the music to, to them in? Ah, my bad. How did you make your transition as a manager when you started in a, in a business to where you are now? There we go. How did I make my transition as a manager? Um, I got you. A lot of it. I think it's a mix of both. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I can't really sit here and say. I sat down and I made this business plan and I'm gonna be here in five years. I didn't do none of that. A lot of it was as I go, I'm gonna figure it out. Um, but also as you go, like you still have a thought process and a plan in your head rather than just shooting in the dark. But I feel like music is so unpredictable that you can't necessarily dot all your I's and cross all your T's. Uh, I ain't met nobody that proved me otherwise, but a lot of it is just, we rolling. We're we going to take a risk. We're going to try it. We're going to fall flat. We're going to get back up, and we're going to try again. We're going to fall again. We're going to get back up, and we're going to try again, and we're going to hit the target. And when you really think about it, a lot of people don't really realize how many times you failed. They really only realize how many times you won. You know what I'm saying? Only you really know. Like, who's your favorite artist? Thug? All right, let me ask you this. How many dud records has Thug put out? Boom. Exactly. So, like, you gonna, as long as you don't stop fighting, you're always in a fight. That's, that's the key, stay in the fight. Because every record ain't going to connect. But as long as you don't say, ah, fuck it, they ain't fucking with me. At some point, you're going to put out a record, they're going to be like, this is it. Like, like, seriously, Thug is a great example. Because this last album just showed exactly, you get what I'm saying? Like, this last album, like, made the world of a difference for him. He could have easily been like, I'm done. Nothing is working for me. But he stayed in a fight. I think that's it. We're going to conclude right there. You escaped from my man. Uh, I got a question for everybody. Okay, go ahead. Let's hear it. Anybody in here want to be a manager? Uh, huh? Huh? Hold on. What'd you say? No, nah, I'm not. Artists, what else? Huh? 
You a rock artist? I don't know shit about rock. Wish I could help you. Hold on, we gotta go back to his question. Oh yeah, what's up, bro? What was it? His was um where where it go? Oh, the what are your two greatest mistakes that turned into well taught lessons? I still ain't got no answer. <laughs> mistakes. See, I'm perfect, so. I'm <laughs> playing. Mistakes. I don't think I ever burned a bridge. I ain't never really burned a bridge that, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, I'm lying. I done burned a bridge, but at that point, I was like, fuck you. Like, I'm good on you. Like, so I don't regret that at all. I don't call it a mistake. Like, here's my thing. At the beginning of everything and at the end of everything, I'm a dad, I'm a man, I'm somebody's son. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't do disrespect. I don't kiss nobody's ass. So if you do me dirty, like, fuck you. Like, it's just that simple. Like, I don't really, like, I don't need you in my life. You know what I'm saying? So I don't really play that game of, oh, I need you. Like, you know what I'm saying? I ain't going to make it without you. Like, nah, I don't do that. So... Like, I got to carry myself that way. Like, I'm a dad, I'm a man, and I'm somebody's son. So everything else, it's like, that's number one for me. So if we can't, if you can't treat me like that, you know what I'm saying? Or we can't see each other like that, like, I'm sorry. That bridge is not necessary. I'm going to find that's another real. one. I'm going to just take the long way around the bridge. Uh, but mistakes, um... I I don't know if I call them mistakes though. I think I think that's. A, I mean, I've had clients that I should have signed that I didn't sign and they blew up. Is that really a mistake? Who who? Uh, MGK is one of them. Uh, Post Malone. Who said Post Malone? Why you say that? Well, I wouldn't say Post Malone just because I never got it. When I met Post Malone, he came to a studio session that I had with no shoes on. I wasn't fucking with that. That ain't nothing I could sell. You know what I'm saying? Like, that ain't nothing I could be like, this shit hot. I don't think it's hot to walk around with no shoes outside. I ain't fucking with that. So I passed on it. Like, Post Malone, where, where Cam at? Cam in here? Post Malone, I don't know if anybody know FKI. The producers. Yeah, yeah. Like, they were the ones who really, like, like really first of FKI is the one who he was bringing. Like, I've all, like, first gave me my first gold record, my second gold record, my Damn. third gold record, which really are all platinum. Like, he was my engineer, like, making so, like, I always believed in him. You know what I'm saying? I didn't even know he produced until he made Make It Rain. You know what I'm saying? But, so I've always, like, that's a nigga I love. I spend a lot of time with. I'm always in contact with him. He brought Post to a session, and he was telling me, this the man. And I I, I believe in first. Anything he tells me, this is it, I fuck with it. But that, I was like, I don't think a white boy with no shoes looking dirty is cool. This is not hip-hop to me. And so to answer your question, I don't think that's a mistake. I just think it wasn't for me. You know what I'm saying? It was for somebody else. It's like everything ain't for you. Yeah. So 
do I have mistakes that I regret? I don't really call them mistakes. I think it's just, it's experiences. Do I regret them? Not really. It's like, shit, I feel like it wasn't for me. So I'm going to take it and I'm going to roll with it. Next time I see a white boy with no shoes on, guess what I'm going to do? A little bit. I'm going to sign him. <laughs> no, but I don't really call them mistakes, man. It's just, I just didn't get it. It's just, it just wasn't for me. MGK, I could say that was probably a mistake because I got it. You know what I'm saying? I just didn't sign him. I took too long. and But I don't regret it. Salute to him and all his success. I, but I saw what he was a long time ago. Uh, there's probably plenty more that I can't think of right now, but. Let's go on and get a round of applause my boy, Sir Tech, with the dollar sign. This was amazing right here. We're going to get this picture real quick. Right here.